Welcome to the Danish National Biobank podcast. We've been gone for quite a while due to the coronavirus pandemic. We return now, however, to give you this special series. With speaks from our co-hosted symposium, Scaling Omics Approaches to Population Size. This is Joshua Castro on the topic, Gut Microbiome and its Metabolic Functions Reflect Healthy and Unhealthy Distribution Profiles of Lipoproteins. First of all, thank you for the opportunity uh, and allow us to show in some of the small projects we have uh, currently in, in, at the Department of Food Science uh, and Microbiology and Fermentation um, at KU. So the small story I'm going to talk today is about the relationships between the gut microbiome and lipoprotein distributions and, and, and healthy subjects in, in, in the Copenhagen area. Um, so basically, lipoproteins and the cholesterol uh, that they carry, uh, as you may know, they are important precursors of hormones and bile acids important for our body. And alterations in the metabolism of lipids, uh, often called dyslipidemia, uh, may, be, may represent risk factors for the development of uh, atherosclerosis and cardiovascular diseases. And in recent years, perhaps in the last three to five years, there have been some advances in metabolomics that have allowed us to improve the resolution of mapping lipoproteins in different subclasses because when we're talking about HDL and, and LDL, it's not only one whole particle that we should look at it, but actually we're looking at different subclasses like the one you can see down uh, in, in, in this figure over here. And the reason why we are so interested in the different subclasses is because the different sizes of, of, of particles we have, uh, they may tell us some information about uh, the, the type of risk that we are having in, in developing some kind of cardiovascular diseases. So this is the case here of, of ATL, for example, where the larger particles they are, the more they tell us information about the lowering the risk for, for development of, 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 of uh, cardiovascular diseases, while uh, small particles of HDL, like for example, the one you can see here, basically doesn't really tell us anything about, about risks. In the other side of the spectrum, um, you have the gut microbiome as well, that in, within the last 10 years, uh, it has been linked to, to disease progression, uh, a lot of metabolic and chronic diseases. And, and most of the studies have been done, we have extensive characterization in type 1 diabetes and type 2 diabetes. And in a lesser degree, research has been done in relation to CVDs and, and the distribution of these lipoproteins in, in the body. So there are a lot of unknowns that, that still we, we are trying to, to research. And some of those ones, at least for the purposes of the project that, that we're working now, uh, are like what kind of relationships between lipoprotein profiles, distributions, and, and, and current recommendations of cholesterol can be, uh, can be established. Um, also, we have a lot of limitations, uh, limited knowledge in relation to that, what is going on within the gut microbiome and the lipoprotein distribution axis, and whether there are some 
gut microbiota cofactors or, or, or um, uh, important molecules that are produced by the, by the microbiome that can be essential for lipid metabolism. Uh, part of these questions that we have, we have, we're trying to address them in the Contrastract project where we have, we have collected samples from healthy individuals uh, in the greater Adler Copenhagen uh, from different ages, from ranging from 20 to almost 90 years of age, different BMIs. And from then we have uh, mapped uh, the lipoprotein distributions and the plasma uh, and sequencing a lot of data from, uh, for example, 16S uh, gene amplicon from short-chain fatty acids and shotgun metagenome from, from a subset of samples. So the first part of the results, it looks like this. Um, it's a very complicated figure, I think, and it contains a lot of information, but this is what represents the lipoprotein distribution of these 216 individuals. Uh, if you see the upper part of the figure, this is, this is where recommend, it represents the recommend, current recommendations about the levels of, of, of uh, HDL or LDL or total cholesterol that the individuals should have. So that, the darker the color basically tell us that they are out of the recommended ranges. Um, if we look to the left side, this is the different uh, lipoprotein subclasses of species that we may have within, for example, HDL or LDL or VLDL and so on. And somewhere here we can have some information about uh, the different phenotypes uh, where the individuals may cluster according to the different profiles that they may have. So if we look at the middle cluster of people somewhere here, which is something called cluster 1B, for example, these are people that in general, um, they have values of HDL that are within the recommended levels. But we can see here is that the total HDL is basically driven by large particles of HDL and something that we call that uh, 2A and 2B. And, and this is within the neck, within the last probably 20 years, this, not too many studies that actually have looked at it, but at least the two or three that we can see there, they have been uh, associated that the, the higher the concentration of, of 2A and 2B we have, the less the risk of developing cardiovascular diseases uh, uh, can be seen at least. And if you we look at the right part of this heat map, then we have individuals that have a high concentration of, of total cholesterol and, and LDL in their uh, plasma, and this is also driven by larger populations, also classes of LDL1 and LDL2, for example. So even though we have subjects that are, they are apparently healthy in this cohort that we have recruited, you can still see that maybe there are some phenotypes that, not, that may not have a very healthy LPDs uh, profiles according to what the literature says. And this is the case of, of the cluster here, uh, C1A. Um, interestingly, 25% uh, of the total variance of these uh, uh, LPDs distributions are explained by variables like age, uh, BMI, and sex. And I think it's interesting BMI here because it's not only BMI per se, but perhaps this tells us a lot of information about the lifestyle that these people is having. So again, I'm going back to, to cluster C1. Uh, a that lies somewhere here, 
And apart from having a total high cholesterol and total and high levels of uh, low density lipoproteins, they also have a higher BMI. So there's a lot of interaction there that at least that, that we are not catching that day yet, but we're trying to, to screen uh, the whole, um, um, at least the cohort at the moment. So, but we can go also to, to the gut microbiome and see what's going on there by uh, sequencing the 16S uh, uh, gene. And what we can see is we can discriminate the different uh, clusters that we can see from the LPD distributions. Uh, and what we see is, is, is a transition in the abundance of different bacteria uh, phenotypes that are common from the people in, in Copenhagen, for example, uh, the people who is that has a the more unhealthy profile for saying that way, which is cluster one A, they have a higher proportion of lactobacillus in their gut microbiome, for example, and the more healthy profile you tend to have, whether it's cluster one B or two, then you tend to have a high proportions of ruminococci and Christensenellaceae and bifidobacteriaceae, which is typically what we know as, as a very good uh, guys to have in our gut. This is only taxonomy, but we can also analyze that all the genetic information and, and metabolic potential that the microbiome these individuals have. And by doing that and sequencing the total genomic DNA of the bacteria, what we observe is a loss basically. Uh, if we look at here the clustering, uh, the, high, the higher we have, uh, for example, if we go to cluster 1B, which is a very healthy, uh, relatively healthy profile, then we have a loss of functional genes um, that are associated with primary and secondary metabolism. And some of those ones are, were very interesting, what we observed, because it's included the metabolism of short-chain fatty acids, uh, as well as the biosynthesis of uh, vitamin D. And if you remember now, the cluster 1, uh, C1B was that those phenotypes with the lowest BMI and the highest HDL in, 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 their, in their plasma. And what we can see here is that they also have a high, their microbiome also contain a, a higher uh, abundance of, for the potential biosynthesis of, of, uh, the, of the vitamin B complex. And what we can see in the literature is that the higher uh, the vitamin complex in the plasma people, the higher HDL they will also contain in, in, in their plasma. Um, we can see it the other way around as well when we look at the short chain fatty acid metabolism. So what we see is that the group C2, which is the one that contain uh, a lower proportion of a lot of enzymes like butanol de dehydrogenase, uh, for example, these are enzymes that do not favor the production of, uh, of uh, short-chain fatty acids. So what we see is an inverse correlation. So C2 um, cluster, which has a lower total cholesterol and also the second lowest BMI, they contain the higher production of, of, uh, of short-chain fatty acids that we can see also in the fecal sectors. And in these results, there's not too much information out there in, 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 uh, in the literatures, but we can see it uh, at least in few of those ones that our results also correspond to whatever we have been seen before. Finally, um, we can also link these, uh, uh, these metabolism of short-chain fatty acids to, uh, and, and vitamin 
be a biosynthesis to some metagenomic uh, uh, assembled genomes. And we can see that wherever they match in terms of all these genomes that we manage to, to screen, they correspond to, to what we're expecting in terms of abundances of short-chain fatty acids and, and uh, the biosynthesis of, 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 of vitamin D. And on top of that, we have a high correlation of close to 0.5 in only a few samples that if we consider that the microbiome 58 samples of, of we have a correlation value of 0.5 in relation to to the to the concentrations of HDL. So that's actually quite neat if we compare that we don't have a massive data set at the moment, at least with only the, the metagene. So as a conclusion, uh, we can say that a large superpopulation of LPDs in terms of uh, HDL2A and 2B, for example, seems to drive current uh, cholesterol recommendations. We confirm that variations in LPD subtractions correspond with parallel differences in gut microbiome composition. And we also provide new evidence that suggests that gut microbiota members need to biosynthesize uh, bioactive molecules uh, as vitamin B, for example, and shoshi fatty acids. Uh, and, and this may be required to modulate the lipid metabolism in our body. So just to finalize, this is the contrastract team in Copenhagen with Dennis uh, Nielsen, Joint um, Balling, and, and Bexot Kakimo here in the, in the Department of Food Science and some other collaborators that we have at the University of Amsterdam, uh, Broker, and also Unilever. So if you have any questions, I will be happy to, to answer them. Thanks.